Hey, what's up everyone? And welcome to episode 5 of Crime in Court USA. Recording this on May 7th, 2021. I'm your host, Mundo Carrillo. I hope you guys are doing well. So, I decided that I'm going to start putting out two episodes a week. Just because I think the episodes have been coming out, the weekly episodes have been coming out to about 15 minutes a piece. Which is really short. Actually, they're more like 13. <laughs> they're, they're less than 15 minutes. They're really short. Which is fine. I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. I mean, I don't, I'm not here to waste your guys' time. You know what I mean? I'm here to come in, tell you guys what you need to know, and get out. So that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with 15 minutes or so, but I think if they're going to be that long, I need to drop them a little more often. So I think this will ultimately be better for the product because I'll get to talk about more stories each week. They will be more timely instead of me kind of sitting on a good story for like a week or so, which has happened. I mean, some big news has come out the day that the podcast goes live. So I got to wait a whole nother week to talk about it. So yeah, I'm going to start releasing episodes for now on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And we'll see how that goes. We'll go from there. We're we're still growing people. This is only episode five. The, The show I'm sure will evolve and change as it goes on. And as always, I appreciate you guys being with me on this journey. As far as my, my other stuff has gone, I've been okay. Been getting into gaming a little more lately, playing some Apex Apex Legends. Shout out to my uh, fellow uh, battle royalers out there. Not very good at it, but it's fun. I haven't really gotten into a battle royale. Like I started, I played a little PUBG, played a little Warzone, but none of them really grabbed me. This one's kind of grabbing me. It's a little hard. Again, I'm I'm not that good. Like I'm I'm used to playing like the 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 more traditional like uh, team based kind of shooters shooting modes like uh, in Call of Duty and stuff. So not really too good at Battle Royale yet, but I want to get good for some reason. I don't know why. I just want to get good at it. So I'm going to keep pushing through that as we kind of sit inside. Although in New Mexico today, actually, um, the day of this podcast, the day I'm recording this, movie theaters are opening back up in New Mexico. And I believe the state is going to open back up fully by the end of June. That's kind of the plan. So that's very exciting as we kind of drift back into normalcy. It's also exciting for people who have worked in bars and movie theaters. Like if you worked at a movie theater or a bar, you haven't worked in like 14 months. <laughs> like it's been crazy, man. When you really think about that, like how long some people have been out of work, it's nuts. So happy for them. Happy for everyone uh, trying to get back to normal. Let's get into some news, shall we? We'll start off with today, May 7th, four former Minneapolis police officers being indicted on federal charges for violating George Floyd's civil rights. George Floyd was a 46-year-old man in Minneapolis who was killed by officer, former officer Derek Chauvin last May as three other officers were at the scene. Two other officers were accused of holding down Floyd as well. Well, another one stood by and make sure bystanders didn't get involved. Last month, in April, George, uh, I'm sorry, Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder for killing Floyd, and he is scheduled to be sentenced in June. The three other officers involved, Alexander Kung, Do Thao, and Thomas Lane, they all face federal, I'm sorry, well, they do, that's actually the news, right, th- that they face federal charges now, but they have also faced state charges and are scheduled for trial in, in April, I'm sorry, in August. In the state charges, they're charged with uh, aiding and abetting murder. Federally, though, Chauvin is charged with violating George Floyd's right to be free from unreasonable seizure and unreasonable force by a police officer, while Kung and Tao are charged with violating George Floyd's right to be free from unreasonable seizure 
because they didn't intervene. And all four of the officers, including uh, Thomas Lane, are charged with failing to provide Floyd with medical care. During Chauvin's trial, Minnesota prosecutors have said that Kung kneeled on Floyd's back while Lane held down his legs and Tao held bystanders back from helping. Also during Chauvin's trial, Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, argued that Chauvin acted like a reasonably like a reasonable officer and that Floyd died from medical complications. Actually, the, on today, May 7th, Chauvin was also indicted for an incident in 2017 when he was pinned, when he pinned down a handcuffed 14-year-old boy to the floor. He had his knee to the back of his neck and also hit him with a flashlight. It looks very similar to the George Floyd incident. At least it sounds very similar. Where he had him prone to the ground, he was handcuffed, and he was kneeling on his back with his knee to the back of his neck. So for people who don't know what an indictment is, it's basically charges that come out of a grand jury proceeding. A grand jury, I don't know, maybe you guys have gotten grand jury summons in your mail. It's when prosecutors get a bunch of random people together from the community, or in this case, um, you know, this is a federal court, so that probably came from a larger community, but they, they get them in a room, they kind of explain what the possible charges are against the person is they have like an officer or some kind of investigator come in and tell them about the case and what they saw. And sometimes the defendant can be present or have a lawyer present, but oftentimes no one is really present for the defendant. Then after this presentation, I guess we'll call it the grand jury decides if charges will move forward. So that's, that's kind of how that is. It's, it's, um, it's one way for prosecutors to bring charges against people. And when you have stuff dealing with civil rights, that's a federal matter, right? Whether it's criminal or civil. So yeah, so these officers are accused of violating George Floyd's civil rights to be free from an unreasonable arrest. That moves to federal court. And likewise, if you want to sue somebody or sue officers or whoever for civil rights violations, that's also done in federal court. So that, that's why this is being dealt with in federal court. Again, they faced murder charges and aiding in murder charges in state court. Something very similar has happened in New Mexico as well. Uh, actually, a former sheriff from Rio Riba County is still doing prison time. He was in his personal truck driving around Española, New Mexico, when he saw someone speeding. So he chased down the dude and pulled him over and like physically roughed him up <laughs> like after he pulled him over and he wasn't in a marked vehicle he wasn't in uniform he wasn't any of that so this dude probably just thought some some random guy was chasing him and then somehow they, they both get out of their cars and this guy is saying he's the sheriff and that he needs to listen to, to his orders and stuff he actually went to trial was found guilty of violating the man's constitutional rights and yeah he's in a he's in a federal prison right now. So charges against the officers in George Floyd's death still moving forward. And again, uh, Derek Chauvin will be sentenced in June. We will certainly be covering that on the show. So stay tuned. The next story, Los Angeles County attorneys argue that sheriff's deputies sharing photos of the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant and his daughter in January, 2020, they didn't violate Vanessa Bryant's privacy. So if you guys recall the, the crash that killed Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna, there was nine people on a helicopter flying through dense fog in the LA area when the pilot became disoriented and crashed into the hills and all nine people on board were killed. In September 2020, Vanessa Bryant, Colby's wife, filed a federal lawsuit accusing sheriff's deputies of possibly taking over 100 photos of the crash site and sharing them with people. The county uh, now wants to get the lawsuit dismissed. They say the photos were not given to the media, not published on the internet, and were not publicly disseminated. 
in any way. Now, they don't condone the actions. The county does not condone the actions of the deputies sharing photos. In fact, no one's really disputing that that's what happened. We'll, we'll get more into the details, but they're not disputing that the photos were shared with members of the public, but they're saying that sharing those photos does not violate Vanessa's right to privacy and that she has no legal standing to, uh, to file this lawsuit. Now, according to the lawsuit, one of the four deputies who was named, who was personally named in the lawsuit, showed the photos to his niece sometime after the crash and bragged about it, bragged about working the crash scene at a bar later that day. And he could be seen on security video showing photos to a bartender. And then the bartender later bragged about seeing graphic images of Kobe Bryant to people at the bar. I don't know, but to me, this seems like something that'll end in a settlement. Again, the county is not disputing that photos were shared. They're just kind of, again, saying that they didn't violate Vanessa's privacy, which is what she's claiming in her lawsuit. So this, this seems like something that ends in a settlement. I don't know. And that all depends if Vanessa accepts a deal or whatever, or she really wants to take this to, to a trial. We'll see how that shakes out. Moving on. This is, <laughs> this is a great story. This is great. I, I have to tell you guys about this one. A Florida teen is accused of rigging a homecoming election <laughs> along with her mother, who was an assistant principal at an elementary school in the same district as her daughter. And the girl, who is now 18, Emily Grover, will be tried as an adult. So Florida law enforcement officials say that Grover, who was 17 at the time, and her mother hacked into students' accounts to cast almost 250 fraudulent votes in Tate High School's 2020 homecoming election. Grover was elected homecoming queen, so it worked, but they are now facing charges, facing multiple felonies for unlawful use of a computer and for using personal information. <laughs> uh, yeah. Grover was expelled from school and her mother, Laura Carroll, was suspended from her job. According to the Washington Post, days after the homecoming election, the school contacted police to report unauthorized access to student accounts. And apparently Grover was telling other people at the school that she used her mother's account, which her mother, again, was an assistant principal, so she had access to student accounts. And apparently Grover was saying that she used her mother's account to, to file fake votes. So... They straight up did some cyber crimes, <laughs> allegedly, some some crazy cyber crimes, and not to you know steal money or I don't know, kind of stick it to a government or a big corporation like a lot of hackers do. They just did it to win homecoming. <laughs> like who does that? I've never heard of that in my life. Like why did you need to be homecoming queen that badly? I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Allegedly. These are still allegations, but just, <laughs> I don't think they're really disputing. I know they both pleaded not guilty. They were recently arranged. Uh, I don't know if I said they were charged in March, but yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> like why? Why would you do such a thing? Why would you do that? Allegedly. Oh, I should make mention of this since this is a court podcast after all. A federal judge has ruled that the Centers for Con Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC, did not have the legal authority to issue a nationwide eviction moratorium, basically a nationwide order putting off evictions because of the coronavirus pandemic and the economic fallout that that created. And this ruling can affect a lot of Americans, millions of Americans, in fact. But honestly, no one really knows. <laughs> this, is, this is a complicated matter. 
So this doesn't change any kind of local uh, moratoriums on evictions. I know in Santa Fe, New Mexico, there was a similar moratorium, and there, there were questions as to whether uh, the mayor of Santa Fe uh, issued that one, and there were questions as to whether he had the authority to do that. And it looks like here there are questions whether the Center for Disease Control can issue an order saying people can't get evicted. The judge in this case said no, that <laughs> that the CDC can't make that call. So this is kind of this has been a big thing around the country with local and state governments as well as the federal government now. The idea is to not get people evicted from their place because they don't have a job. Like if you work in a movie theater, right? Like we said earlier, you just couldn't work at all and therefore couldn't make any money or you couldn't work in the theater anyways and that likely affected your money and therefore affected your rent and then according to the census bureau recently one in seven renters said they were behind on payments so this could have been a big 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 thing but again people stepped in and said no put that on hold and don't evict people however landlords business owners people who uh you know make money make a living as well from collecting rent they were like, uh, okay, what are we supposed to do? So they, they challenged this stuff in court. And this recent ruling comes from a, from a challenge from an association of, a, from, of a homeowners or a landlords and homeowners who are people who, who rent out property. So this was sort of a win for them. Or was it? As I was saying, it all gets very confusing. And that, in fact, this seems like kind of one of the critiques of this ruling is that it makes everything super confusing. And as I was kind of alluding to earlier with the Santa Fe thing, it's no one really knows who has the authority to do this kind of thing. You know, can the mayor do it? Can the CDC do it? Can the justice department do it? I mean, who knows? So this kind of thing makes it more confusing. Although if you have a local moratorium in place, you should be good. Cause again, this doesn't affect local ones. This just affects the federal level, but the Biden administration has said that they'll appeal this, so it's certainly not over. This is one of those things that'll keep bouncing around in court. So wherever you are, whatever state you're in, similar issues are probably taking place. Yeah, these whole these legal fights over public health orders and things kind of coming out during the pandemic, they, they've been going on for a while. Like here in New Mexico, a lot of people challenged the governor's order. The Restaurant Association sued the governor because of a ban on indoor dining. And I think there were a couple of lawsuits related to that, so... These kind of things keep kind of rolling on in court, and we will keep an eye on that. This isn't really a crime story, but I just had to talk about it. I mentioned it in last week's or on uh, the last podcast I did, so I got I got to follow up on it. And that is the Facebook Oversight Board upheld its ban on Donald Trump, but it referred its final decision to Facebook management, who has six months to make a decision. So on Wednesday, May fifth, the Facebook Oversight Board, just twenty members. That is made up of journalists, activists, political leaders, lawyers, so on. They upheld the Trump's been banned for a while now, since January, for a post that basically said people need to take control of this election that was stolen from them. So therefore, people, they went and raided the, the Capitol on January 6th, the same day that uh, Congress was finalizing the election results in which Donald Trump lost. So he told his followers that the election was stolen from them. And yeah. He didn't directly say storm the Capitol, but he uh, apparently incited a riot. In fact, the oversight board said in their decision that Trump's post, quote, created an environment where a serious risk of violence was possible. And it's it's worth noting that he is actually permanently banned from Twitter, which I didn't even know until, well, I guess I didn't realize until I started doing research for this story. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him tweet in a while. 
and so he's permanently banned from Twitter, maybe banned from Facebook as well. Again, Facebook has six months to make a final decision. And in a statement, Trump called the decision, quote, a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth, but the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger than ever before. End quote. So, yeah. That's kind of funny. I guess I could say it's crime related, right? Because these these posts, these social media posts apparently led to this riot. And now hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the country are facing charges for that riot. So, yeah, one, one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest cases, I think, <laughs> probably ever. Right. I think there's there. Yeah, I forget the number. There are several hundred people being charged in that riot. So the Justice Department heads, it's work cut out for them. I don't know how like they've made so many arrests at this point. I don't know how like they're looking at video and identifying people's faces and stuff. Some people are making it easy. Some people actually posted that they were there, (laughs) which don't 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 leave. Don't make it too easy for people to prosecute you guys. All right. Yeah. So this is actually, you know, I'm going to say this is crime related, whatever. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's all about it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, we are a new podcast, so I really appreciate it if you guys shared with your friends, shared with your family, left a rating, left a review on your podcast app of choice if you can. I know like on Spotify, I don't think you can review it, but on Apple, you certainly can. So I'd appreciate if you left a review. Also check out the Facebook page. I do want that a place to be a place where I can communicate with you guys and where the community can all kind of talk to each other. I want that to be a place for the community. So, uh, yeah, go out, check out the Facebook page. And if you are going to participate, please be good and respectful to each other. I think I will see you guys on Wednesday. My name is Mundo and I'm out. Peace. <laughs>